You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. a prophesying we have control over. There's a prophesying that can happen even naturally, supernaturally. We don't even realize it's supernatural. And it's a gift every one of us ought to eagerly desire. That's what it says. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially this one. Why? Because if we're worth our salt, I mean, if you're worth your salt for the kingdom of God, don't you want your lips to speak truth by the Spirit of God? We want to be vessels of truth. We want to prophesy. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. In today's message, Pastor Danny will teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and remind you where they come from. These are not gifts to be kept hidden away or be fearful of. They're given by the Lord that every believer would be vessels of truth for Him. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit. talking about Christian basics and specifically the last couple of weekends, the Holy Spirit. And I can't think of a more practical topic to talk about the tremendous ministry of the Holy Spirit to us and through us. He is the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And his ministry is vast. We looked last week a bit at Romans chapter 12 and the gifts there dubbed years ago uh, as motivational gifts. And I think that's good because every one of us who have the Holy Spirit have one or more of those motivational gifts. And then we went to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want you to go back there with me now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we looked at the gifts here, and they have been dubbed the manifestation gifts. As a matter of fact, that's how my NIV Bible translates it. If you find 1 Corinthians 12, look down verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message or the word of wisdom. To another, the message or the word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers or miracles. To another, prophecy or prophesying to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, I mentioned last week, I'll say it again. It's my opinion, my opinion, that the list in Romans 12, unique to the list in 1 Corinthians 12, the list in Romans 12, we have 
I believe, control over. And I said what I meant by that. What I mean by that is uh, they tell me over the years that I have one of the gifts I have that's a motivational gift is the gift of teaching. Still amazes me. It really does. Uh, Now, that doesn't just happen. I don't just come up here, you know, and go, Holy Spirit, go do it. You know, no, I prepare, I study, I pray. And yet there's a gifting of the Holy Spirit that works out through my prayer, study and preparation to come and teach the word of God. And without the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be able to do that. So in that sense, I have control over that gift. Does that make sense? All right. Still a gift of the Holy Spirit, Um, the gift of serving and and those other motivational gifts. These gifts, my opinion is we don't have control over. God gives them through the Holy Spirit uh, at certain times, and they may not necessarily be repeated, certainly not uh, as we will. For example, if you and I had control over the gift of healing, wouldn't you see a whole lot more people healed? I mean, if I have that gift of healing and I can just do it whenever I want, I'm going to be at the hospital all the time. My goodness. Uh, You have the gift of miracles and you have control over it. Well, there'd be more miracles. No, we don't have control over them. That's what I mean by that. There's one gift uh, that we mentioned that's uh, in both of the lists, and that's the gift of prophecy or prophesying. And I believe that it's in both of them because we have control over that in the sense that every time I stand here and share the word of God, not only am I maybe exercising a gift of teaching, I'm also prophesying. If I'm speaking truth that the spirit of God is behind, all right, that's prophesying. If you share the word of God, my opinion, as you share the word of God, openly, publicly, wherever, you're in that sense prophesying because you're speaking by the spirit truth. Are you with me? So while that's true, there are those moments, I mentioned one in my life as a pastor, uh, that happened in a moment in time while I was preaching years ago at the warehouse, and a guy that I had lost touch with for over four years is in one of the services, I didn't know he was in the service, and it was only in that service that I said something, I told a story about him, it wasn't in my notes, I didn't think about it previously, and a guy comes up to me after the service, and it's Randy Almquist. That was true prophesying from 1 Corinthians 12, where it happened in a moment in time, and I didn't even realize I was prophesying. Now, let me say too, I know I, I was a little bit maybe sarcastic or whatever the word would be when I said, you know, some people say, oh, I feel it coming. I'm not trying to slander or make fun of anybody that does that. People came up to me after the service and said, listen, I know somebody here in my life, and, and they did that, and they were in a meeting, and, 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 and they they did that kind of thing. Look, I know those kind of things can happen. And so I apologize if I, you felt like I was making fun of somebody. God can use any vessel he wants in any way he wants. I mean, he used Balaam's donkey. That's pretty wild. No pun intended. Now, before we look at these gifts one at a time, let me tell you why I believe they're available today. With that said, My background is I was taught that they're not available today, the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, that these gifts died out with the age of the apostles. And that's what I was taught. And the basis was 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you're here in 1 Corinthians, look at chapter 13 and look at verse 8. And follow along with me. Look at it. It says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. I was taught what perfection was, was this book. 
the Word of God, the canon of Scripture. It doesn't fit. Read on with me. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Please note verse 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then, then is when perfection comes. Are you with me? Then we shall see face to face. You don't have to know Greek. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to go to Bible college. That's what it's saying. Then is when that which is perfect has come. We won't see any longer as a poor reflection. We'll see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. Folks, again, it's clear. It's clear to me. When I first started pastoring here 30 years ago, can you believe that? 30, almost 30 years ago now. And I prayed uh, regularly and I said, Lord, help me in my study and my preparation, not only to teach and preach the word of God, but for me personally, help me to let your word speak for itself. That was my prayer over and over again. Let your word speak for itself. God answered that prayer. And over a period of time, I come to passages like these and I would realize what I was taught while I thank God for my heritage and the people that taught me and discipled me, there are some things now that we agree to disagree on. This is one of them. That which is perfect is not this book. Is this book perfect in terms of being the word of God? Yes. But that which is perfect is obviously not this book because I still see as in a mirror. I don't see fully and neither do you. We see in a glass darkly. We don't see face to face. When are we going to see face to face? When Jesus comes. That's when perfection comes. It's not the word of God. It's when Jesus comes. And that is the only verse I know of that you can even try to argue that these gifts are not available today. Now, I did not come to believe these gifts are available based on my personal experience with the gifts or witnessing the gifts. Are you with me? How did I come to believe in it? The same way Jack Deere, the guy I mentioned last week, former professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. Let me read again just one statement from his book that I read more of this statement last week. His book years ago that I read, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit. Here's what he said. This shift in my thinking was not the result of an experience with any sort of supernatural phenomena. It was the result of a patient and intense study of the scriptures. That's why I believe the gifts are available. Don't argue based on experience argue from the word of God. And just because I might not ever experience all of these gifts or witness all of these gifts, does that mean they're not available? There's a world beyond Pinellas Park where I have church every week, just like there was a world beyond Jerusalem and the area that Jesus ministered to in the land of Israel and, and around that area. So listen, I believe these gifts are available not by experience or witnessing the gifts. I believe they're available because there's nothing in the word of God that I know of that says they ended with the apostolic age. Okay, so I challenge you in a good way, encourage you, no matter what you believe, let the word of God speak for itself. And I encourage you to pray what I've prayed for years. Lord, help me to let your word speak for itself. I love what somebody said years ago. If we'll let the word be the foundation of what we believe, it'll shed great light on the commentaries. Are you with me? All right. We talked about this gift last week. I'm not going to go back and talk about it more except to note 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So as we eagerly desire the gifts, and that's what twice in this section the Bible tells us, we're to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. 
especially the gift of prophecy. So if you want to put one up on priority, prophecy or prophesying. I noted last week, I'll say it again if you weren't here, some people think prophecy is just predicting the future. That's crazy. A lot of prophesying has nothing to do with predicting something. It's speaking truth by the Spirit of God. That's about the shortest definition you can get. Prophesying. There's a prophesying we have control over. There's a prophesying that can happen even naturally, supernaturally. We don't even realize it's supernatural. And it's a gift. Every one of us ought to eagerly desire. That's what it says. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially this one. Why? Because if we're worth our salt, I mean, if you're worth your salt for the kingdom of God, don't you want your lips to speak truth by the spirit of God? We want to be vessels of truth. We want to prophesy. The second gift is the word or the message of wisdom. Go with me, Matthew's gospel, chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, and when you find the place, go down to verse 16. Jesus speaking to his disciples, and here's what he said. Verse 16, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. And when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Now, please understand This message of wisdom, word of wisdom, is not limited to times of persecution, but you'll find it a lot of times being given in those times of persecution or someone coming against the truth, okay? And that's what Jesus said. Give you an example. Turn to Acts chapter 6. First martyr of the early church in Jerusalem, a man named Stephen. Verse 8, Acts chapter 6 says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen. But note verse 10. But they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. That's a supernatural word or message of wisdom. Stephen didn't get that by studying and praying. He got it in that moment when opposition to truth came and God gave him supernatural message of wisdom that those who opposed him, they could not stand up against. Now, please understand this. Jesus Christ, God come in the flesh, Jesus the Christ, he ministered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus never did anything miraculous until after the baptism of the Holy Spirit there at the Jordan River. He's baptized in water, identifying himself with death, burial, resurrection. But he's also baptized by the Spirit. The Spirit was already in him. Obviously, the Spirit's in him. But the Spirit came upon him. Okay? John the Baptist said that was a sign the Father gave him. He would have not known who the Messiah was, except he said the Father said, the one you see the Spirit, it come down in the form of a dove and light upon. 
and the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and Jesus began to minister after this baptism of the Holy Spirit that came upon him. And he ministered by the Holy Spirit and the giftings of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 8, that one verse, the context is the woman caught in adultery. And those hypocrite Jewish leaders bring this woman caught in adultery to Jesus. They didn't bring the guy. So hypocritical. They're trying to trap him. But you read the Gospels, they're trying to trap Jesus again and again and again. Jesus initially wouldn't even respond to him. It's not even worthy of response. Then finally he stands up. And remember what he said. Okay. Whoever is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And here's what the Bible says. One by one, from the oldest to the youngest, because the older ones got more to be accountable for. They've sinned longer than the younger ones. And he began to walk away one by one until nobody was there. You see, what Jesus said was wisdom from heaven that nobody, nobody had anything to say about that. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Go ahead, you hypocrites. And that wisdom from heaven took care of them. Now, go with me to Matthew's gospel, chapter 22. Matthew, chapter 22. When you find Matthew 22 to verse 15, start there. Because it says, the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent the disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teachers, they said, we know you're a man of integrity. You teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men. You pay no attention to who they are. So tell us then, what's your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They think they got him. Either way he answers, they think we got him. Because on the one hand, if he answers one way, he offends Caesar. And the Romans, on the other hand, he offends the Jews. Remember what he does. Bring me a denarius. Then I bring him the coin. He says, whose inscription, whose image is this? They say Caesar's. He says, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God. You know what it says? When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. They can't deal with that kind of wisdom. I love the way the chapter ends. Chapter 22 of Matthew, verse 41, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. Now he's asking a question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. And he said to them, well, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, and then he quotes a messianic psalm, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. <laughs> and I love this. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. <laughs> because you can't deal with heaven's wisdom. It's a supernatural word of wisdom. And God will sometimes give it to someone who's opposing truth, persecuting believers. It's supernatural. The next one is the message or the word of knowledge. This is not knowledge you get based on IQ or study. It's supernatural word of knowledge or message of knowledge. God tells you something, and the only way you can know is if God told you. Acts chapter 5. God wants to make sure that the reverence for himself is maintained in the early church. Ananias and his wife Sapphira sell a piece of land. They keep back part of the money in disobedience to the Lord. And 
they're confronted by Peter. Verse 3, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Peter also confronts Ananias, Sapphira, Ananias' wife. God takes both of their lives, uh, but he restores a fresh sense of holiness and reverence in the church and for those in the community that weren't even believers. And it all came about because God gave to Peter a word of knowledge. That's the only way he could have known about Ananias and Sapphira's sin. Jesus, again, as an example, John chapter 4 is the encounter with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. Maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, Jesus has conversation with her, and then he says to her, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, here's what he said, you're right in saying you don't have a husband. You've had five. And the one you're with now is not your husband. That's a working of the word of knowledge by the Spirit. Are you with me? 2 Kings chapter 6, the Arameans are at war with Israel. This is an Old Testament example. And in the ministry of Elisha, the prophet, God gives him repeatedly words of knowledge about the movements of the Arameans. The leader of the Arameans go to his men. He goes to his men and he says, hey, where's the traitor among us? All of our moves are being known. Somebody's telling. And his men say, wait a minute. Wait, it's not any of us. We're with you. We're unified. But that prophet in Israel, God tells him the very words you speak in your bedroom. If I got this gift every time I did a counseling situation, whew, what a benefit. We just cut to the chase. I mean, it's just one meeting. I know what your problem is. It's that relationship you have that's outside of the will of God. It's that Facebook friend that your wife doesn't know about. It's that stuff you're looking at on the computer when nobody else is around. There's your problem. Let's cut to the chase here. And it would reduce a lot of my counseling situations. Nobody would want to come to me for counsel if they knew I might get a word of knowledge. <laughs> nobody would want to come to you. If they knew you're going to get the word of knowledge... Just tell them the truth right up front. Let's cut to the chase and get it over with. Get right. The next one is faith. This is not everyday faith for living the Christian life. This is a special supernatural gift of faith for believing the impossible. Now, many times this gift is linked with a gift of healing or a gift of miracles. Okay? Go and look with me. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 and uh, a lot of us may be familiar with this, but uh, boy, every time I read this, it's just fresh. It's just fresh. Matthew 14, verse 25. Let me set it up. Again, a lot of us know the story. Jesus tells his disciples to get into a boat on the Sea of Galilee. He goes up on the mountainside. It's night and uh, a storm comes up and they are in the middle of the storm, terrible storm on in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And it says, verse 25, during the fourth watch of the night, that's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. 
When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. They think they're going to die. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Thanks for joining us today to study Christian basics right here on The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. You can hear this message again or more from Pastor Danny's teachings throughout the Bible at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would simply like to talk with us, feel free to send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. We'd also love to meet you in person. So if you're ever in or near the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to invite you to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. We also live stream our services for those who are unable to attend in person. So don't let distance hold you back from worshiping with us. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Join Pastor Danny next time for more Christian basics right here on The Living Word.